0: Well, look who we have here, everybody. The voice and casting directors of *Bouldersgate 3, Beth Park, Josh Whedon. Guys, it's a pleasure to have you on. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you very much for having us.
1: We've enjoyed all your other interviews with uh, the rest of this
0: merry band. So, yeah, lovely to have the opportunity to speak to you.
2: Thanks, Dan.
0: You guys have a pretty cool setup there. Where are we for anyone that might not know? We are in sunny South London. In uh, pit stops, in-house
1: facilities, which are a mixture of uh, voice, motion capture, um, HMC recordings, a head-mounted camera. And we kind of meld them all together.
2: So behind us is the dungeon, a.k.a. mocap volume, where we recorded a lot of our actors for Baldur's 83 3. So they were like, in there on the other pa- side of the glass, hands on the window, like, let us out. And we were like, no, in until the game's finished.
1: We would periodically throw in hobnobs and just hope for the best. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and then, yeah, we would sit here and chat to them, have the script up on those screens there. Um, Yeah.
0: And they were all just a pain to work with, weren't they?
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Honestly, it's a well-known comment that we had one of the most delightful casts known to man. I think we ended up with that 280...
2: Should have looked that up, but, yeah, definitely over 250.
1: Yeah, Yeah, over 250. um, Low 300, over 250, but... Just delightful people. Everyone really enthusiastic, happy to be here and loving their work, which is r- not rare, but it's nice, you know?
0: How does that compare to other games you guys have worked on? 250 in the cast? Like, is, that's not a typical thing, is it? That is large, but not insanely
1: large. The, the way that, when it comes to recording dialogue for game especially, it's, imagine, the way I describe this to people, imagine you're watching the film Gladiator but you can talk to every single person in the around in the stadium. That's why cars are so large, <laughs> because in order to actually populate a world, it's not like a film with extra, every single extra has lines.
2: I think one of the differences is that with a lot of games that we work on, they come to us like almost one of the last jobs is coming to us. Whereas with Baldur's Gate 3, it was growing as we were recording it. So like it grew up to a point with early access, And then it just kept growing, growing and growing. So when we first started, we didn't know where it was going to end or how many people were going to be in it. Or even like the details of some of the major storylines we were like learning over the years that we made it. So that's like a a major difference with others, which was actually good in some ways, because you'd be part way through the story and something would be revealed to the player or to the characters, which is a kind of like, holy shit moment. And for us in the studio and for the actors, it'd be like, oh my God. You know, obviously no spoilers, I'm not gonna say any of them, but it did actually, you know, a performance is good when the chemicals in the room are changing, like the chemicals in the actor are changing the moment. So if if there's like something real going on, I mean, part of that work's done for you. So that was actually a great thing sometimes. Mm.
0: Do you guys wanna go through um, how it all started for you in terms of, I guess, this game and this role and maybe a bit of your background for people that might not know?
1: I originally started working with Larian on Divinity Original Sin 1, which was my first sort of proper game where I was brought in as an audio engineer. And then later as the production went on and they got near the final death throes as voice director. Off the back of that, a couple of years later, we did Divinity Original Sin 2, where I was lead voice director and audio engineer at the time. And that went through for about a year. And then the Christmas after that wrapped was when I was chatting to one of their writers, because we spent an awful lot of time talking, and they mentioned, by the way, the next thing is Baldur's Gate 3, which was now, for me, five, six years ago. Wow. Um. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, been a little minute.
2: He's fine. I'm
1: fine. <laughs> I've lived with nothing but fantasy worlds for the last decade. It's okay. <laughs> um, But yeah, off the back of that, then we had to go into working out like technology and how we were going to make this all happen and pipelines. But then, yeah, f- pretty much the better part of five years of production on top of that. Yeah. And yeah. for
2: me, I mean, just to clarify, although we look like, family we are not related <laughs> <laughs> not this job because i'm his sister or his cousin we just uh
1: we tried nepotism and that didn't work out with my siblings so. <laughs> um
2: but yeah i just i interviewed to direct on the game uh, like summer 2019 early summer 2019 and then um started directing yeah in mid-summer 2019
0: is this your yes. first is this your first game beth
2: Well, at the time it was, in 2019. I mean, we work on projects, you know, lots of projects overlapping. Um, So now by this point, many years later, I have done quite a lot of games. But at the time it was. Um, So, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I was figuring out at the beginning. (laughs) And, you know, I'd be like months into it and I'd be like, oh... Oh so they're just like running around as they're saying this <laughs> like things like that and i be like oh, okay 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 obviously four years down the line I'm an old hat at that kind of thing and it seems really obvious to me so when I bring new directors on I have to remember you know all those little details
0: So do you want to do you guys want to run down what what day to day is for you guys for the audience hmm. what what cuz you you're also casting as well Yeah
2: yeah um Well, I'll do my day.
1: You do your
0: day. Um,
2: Okay, so uh, we arrive in the studio in the morning. And so let's say we're in mid-production for Baldur's Gate 3. And so the actor will arrive. um, And I will have like half an hour whilst the actor gets marked up, suited up, microphone on their head to... Obviously, the day before or previously, I'll have had a look at their script, but that will be my opportunity to quickly revise, quickly make sure all the questions that I had had been answered, pull up audio from last time they were in, if it's not like a lead character, maybe it's like an NPC we did two years ago and they've written a pickup line. Yeah, we'll shoot with the actor, maybe it will be like the longest session we'll do, be like a four hour shoot. Um, or it could just be like a one hour if it's just a few pickups, um, and yeah, that will be like a team with one of us. Or I mean, this probably is a good point to say like we are not the only directors audio. on the game. Yeah, like course, there's yeah,
1: like, there, there was an army. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, we certainly should not be getting the entire credit for this. Um, we have a wonderful, wonderful team. So um, yeah, director and a movement director and a mocap engineer and an audio engineer all working together with the actor, locked in there. Yeah, and then let's say in the afternoon doing a bit of casting, so pulling up, like, I mean, at one point, the list, just the list of characters that we needed to cast was just frightening, really frightening. (laughs) Um, But the writers were very good at, like, even if it was just like, a, and I think it comes across when you play the game. Even if it was just like a one or two line character, they give you a really interesting bio, like give you like biography of the character, something to chew on, which would just be like, oh yeah, oh that actor will be perfect for this because they're really good at playing, you know, a tortured victim, or you know, they're really they're they're really good at playing posh silly characters, or whatever. So even if it was a small character, you'd have something to hook onto, and so at that point. I would be like, um, okay, say it's only a two-line character. Who have we got coming in in the next few weeks that could pick up that two-line character? Because I'm not going to just get someone in just to do two lines because logistically it doesn't make sense. So there's this whole other very, very boring side of it, which is just like the logistics of who is coming in, who can do this well, who fits all the casting, like the things that need to be fitted. So that was tough.
1: From my side normally start on the training as it were that's new I've got like the subway window in the morning of an hour's commute where I can liaise with our internal pre-production team and Larian's production team and questions that come in and things from directors or like writers or edit or some other thing whilst also doing session prep then I can come in do a session for like say two one two four hours as it were squeezing some other bits in the middle of comms as it were Um, And it got to the point when it came to casting where I'd only Chuck my oar in when it came to the the bigger ones, as it were. So lovely, lovely the fact that we brought Beth on to actually, there's like different types of role. There's the ones which are like either like global roles, people like companions who will come in and then be a massive part of the story. Or like not NPCs, but situational roles. Someone you meet in one area. And that kind of thing. So I mean that I could focus more on the global ones, which was an awful lot of back and forth with Larian as well. Like we'd find tapes or doing person castings together, and try and really find the best person to really encapsulate those roles. Send them back, get notes from Larian, back and forth, and those kind of things. But yeah, and but yeah, working as a team was quite delightful on that kind of aspect. But then yeah, six to seven hours of sessions a day.
2: Yeah, and also yeah. trying to kind of like. Yeah, it's been so many plates because obviously we were talking to Larry and talking to the writers and then also like I mentioned we had this fleet of directors so they, you know, we were their first put of call if there's any question in session like what is this story or should this character have an accent or you know any little question like that Mm. so you're trying to direct, you're trying to field questions like on the side, you're trying to cast, it was just, it was a bit mental. Enough to be
1: getting on with,
0: yeah.
2: I
1: think, is the safe way.
0: So, for people that don't know, so Larry and Hire pit stop to basically do all everything cinematic. How how would you describe the relationship?
1: They've got a fantastic cinematics department. What we okay. do is provide voice and motion capture recordings. So we give them okay. the we give them the tools in which their cinematics department can then create a world based on an awful lot of people in black leotard dancing around in an empty room. <laughs> so we do that bit we, we do the dancing yeah. around in the empty room but then um focus on uh, characterization and performance and interpretation and then from that they can then use that to create the
0: world that uh, you everyone seems to be enjoying and experiencing so who's your communication point at larian for you guys who are you talking to are you talking to them on a daily basis or yeah, yeah. there's a lot of
2: people i mean because yeah. And there's so many different, there's your writers, but then each, within the writers, there's a different writer for each origin character, or, you know, maybe one writer will have tackled one area, like, for example, the circus was done by um, Rachel Quirk, so if I knew, like, okay, it's a circus question, that's going to Rachel, or mm. if it's an origin, you know, if it's a Heart question, that's going to John. Or movement questions. It's there's a lot.
1: There's a lot. So we'd obviously talk to the writers in terms of like scripting, but then there's also the motion capture team in terms of how they of course they need specifics on like either specific movements or set locations or props and that's a whole other branch to talk to. But then we also need to talk to the cinematics department to see how it works in their grand scheme of things. Um, we jump around most of the company. The animation department is a whole
0: other thing which we talk to when it comes to like battle poses and things like that. Well you guys actors yourselves? Because, as you said, it, it, I feel like directors, some of the best directors are, are sort of have that great rapport with the actors and sort of know, you know, how to balance. Yeah. You yes, me no. <clears throat>
2: yeah, so I was an actor for like 10 years and, um, yes, I de- that's that's like a major, major, major tool that I have essentially because I can see someone on the other side of the glass, like knees knocking, you know, if it's their first first day maybe it's their first game and I'm not there to kind of like be their mum I'm there to basically direct them well direct them obviously but so if you have someone who's like it's okay so this is where we are let me like switch your imagination on so you're not thinking about yourself you're thinking about what your character is trying to do to somebody else as opposed to oh my god my voice my voice sounds bad or I can't this isn't sounding how it sounded in my head in my bedroom so yes I I I mean every act is different, they need something else but that's my, I think is probably my main skill is just kind of identifying like oh I can see what you're doing to yourself right now, let's distract you or let's kind of um, give you some context to get your imagination fired up or something like that and ultimately like in my head I'm always saying this is how I would say it. So <laughs> how can we get that person to say it how I would say it? If like, so they'll obviously offer something and I will just be like, okay, I, either yes, that's brilliant. Or um, like, let's tweak it. Let's inspire you in one way or another. Or, well, how can I get it to how I would say it if it's just way off? Um, and then that's a case of, well, one of many many tools that you can use um, to try and, try and get it.
1: It depends on how the actor works. I mean, yeah. some really it's like, very, very technical notes, especially it depends on their background. Yes. So if you say, pause here, hit that where there, give us a downwards inflection, that will get the, the shape of the line that it needs to be. But then some people react way better with, like, working with eye lines. Can you look down here at the toes and then only make your eye contact on this point? And those kind of shifts will change how a delivery is made, or even, like, very location-based. So you emit a fiery volcano. The sound of being outside in the wind, there mm. is a distinct vocal projection which people do which we don't really know why but it sounds like this and it's those kind of things if you can give the, those working the best working with how the actor best responds you kind of need to twig that for the first time with the actor in the first 10 minutes just to see what they need to get what you need out of it if you see what i mean
0: yeah yeah, yeah. but you're working yeah. with so many actors over so many years guys and everyone has a different approach so do you just stick to your guns or do you have to sort of mold yourself for the actor?
1: I prefer to be a chameleon. I will change how I approach things depending on what they... need. Because at the end of the day, the their performance is the important bit. The best way I've yeah. found is to make them the most comfortable that they can be. So I will change the, how I talk to them, um, different notes I give. But I try to keep the attitude in the studio really relaxed. You make jokes, you allow time for... Fuckery between lines, like ten minutes of asking around. If that relaxes the actor comfortably, and then they can just carry on with the day. Especially in a four-hour session, you need space to allow playtime.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what it is. You can, you can tell like when you're watching performance or hearing a performance, you can tell the difference between if the actors. I mean, it sounds so lame, but having fun. Hmm. Um, like for example, yeah. Neil who plays a Starion. Like he was having the time of his life in there. <laughs> I can tell, and you can hear it. And then, if you have an actor who's new, who's who's just tense, that's like a huge part of our job is to essentially just be like, okay, it's Mm. okay, it's all right. What we're going to do is this. Is this how this how it's going to be? And ultimately, it's not all about like let me go in and give you a shoulder rub, but it's about um, it is about relaxation because you know what it's like when you're nervous, like your whole body, your whole body just seizes up. And I mean, that's kind of the opposite of where you want to be if you're going to be giving a great performance.
1: And the worst thing as well is that they are, by the time they've reached us, they're here for a reason. We've gone through their reels. We've gone through their casting. We, we want them to be here. And there is getting them in that headspace of, you're here for a reason. Yeah. You can do this. We believe in you. Let us help you do that. Mm. And so sometimes it's just climbing people down from their anxieties. But then some people just hit the ground running. So, yeah. Yeah, the
0: casting like half the work, isn't it? Exactly finding the right yeah. people for the right roles yeah
1: oh it's
2: easy like it's so easy if you have the right actor in the right role it's mm. just fun it's just so much fun um you know all you have to do is just you know paint your little word picture oh you're yeah, here you're in a tavern <laughs> you know give them something to think about um and just set them off
1: It's when you can really do that um sort of bouncing back and forth as well so you've got you've, you've found someone who you know is excellent for the role and you come in with your little word speech, as it were, get them set off, and then they say something, oh, but hang on, because of that, now maybe we could actually add this into it instead and then twist it that way and add this another layer. And then they bounce off you, and then you get this wonderful partnership. And then someone from technical is there going, can we
0: just press record now, please? We haven't actually started yet. <laughs> and then, okay, back to line one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you guys go with uh, the more emotional scenes? How do you approach, do you approach those any differently? Or are they just another scene
2: I tend not to I think if you kind of um if you kind of put like a microscope on it and you're like right this is a scene where you're about to have a breakdown <laughs> then, then the actor's like okay I'm about to have a breakdown if you I like when I was at drama school we had this kind of theory of like inside out and outside in so either you can feel something in on the inside and it will it will resonate and show on the outside but also, it's not invalid to demonstrate something on the outside and that will trigger something on the inside if that's making sense. So, like, the mm-hmm. character, maybe the character is, like, having a breakdown but the actor's feeling nothing and they start to panic. I don't I don't find that worrying at all because they can literally just do ham acting, terrible acting, and act, oh, my character's having a breakdown and I'm just going to make my voice crack and make it sound like I'm having a breakdown. And then, like, suddenly actually something something is in the you know recesses of their brain is actually triggered and it can actually connect to something real even if it comes from kind of just overacting demonstrating on the outside um and then like maybe that take will be a bit hammy but then we'll do another one and they're in the right place so you just Hmm. do
0: it so you sometimes get them on the
1: second or third yeah when we were doing lots of Sam stuff, Carlek stuff, we, we that sort of just scheduling ended up that it was an awful lot of night sessions, and some of her more emotional bits, of which there are in the game, which I won't go into too much detail. I always said, "Oh, we'll just we'll just do a rehearsal. This is what we're talking about. This is some some of the speeches that you have to do." And so we'll do a rehearsal, but we record everything. <laughs> Once the actor's in the right place, then it's. I tend to go very quiet, just really louder okay let's just go for another one and these are these are my notes let's just pick it up from here because i don't want to interrupt them they're they've reached the point where they need to be emotionally to be able to perform the scene and then me going that's great can we go for another you know it might break that moment and therefore thus ruining what could be a really wonderful thing and therefore just taking a step back allowing them the space they um they need to be able to perform and god with some of sam's stuff i think at one point everyone in the studio was in tears. Which wow. is like something. Yeah. Let's just go for one more. <laughs> you said that one was incredible. Yeah.
2: I think that is one of the skills you learn when you've been directing is like at the first you kind of like you just want to stomp all over it and you just be like, make your mark and be like, Well, I want this and you know, to really kind of have your presence felt. But at a certain point you have to just kind of be like, actually, they they've got this. Like I can yeah. just I can tweak and guide and then I'm just gonna it's I don't need to stomp all over this. That's not going to make it better. All it's going to do is serve my ego.
0: Sessions are about the actor.
1: Yeah. And the performance. And the story.
0: And the story. So, if if an actor is struggling, how do you approach that? Do you just take a breather? Yeah, sometimes. What if you once you've done like five takes, seven takes,
1: 15 takes of a line and it's not working, you just I like to put a mark, move on, find something else. And then you can always come back to it later, especially if if very... Normally you have those kind of stumbles very, very early on whilst everyone's still finding their feet, finding a role. But it's fine. You just go back to it after three hours of doing the same thing and then you go, cool. I choose to have another run at that whilst we are here. Generally actors feel more comfortable because they've got a better sense of who they're pretending to be at that moment. And then suddenly you can knock it out in two takes perfectly.
2: Yeah, like they were just thinking too hard. We were all thinking too hard and trying yeah. too hard and over-censoring everything. But if you just stop questioning it and just go with it, it's usually better. Sometimes I'll do like, um, say you have an actor in who's who's picking up a bunch of NPCs and you know it's their first game or whatever and they're struggling and you think, oh, I'll start with an easy one. I'll start with just human guard <laughs> um, and they're really kind of wooden. I kind of found that, sometimes it's better to start with a crazy one yes. to get the, the shells so i'd be like okay you're a ghoul in a sewer who loves to eat sewer mulch um and they just like okay go for it and they get really gross and then they've you know they've humiliated themselves to a point of no return so playing a human guard i mm. mean it's so easy they so they yeah.
1: know what the top end of
0: Bunkers is, and yeah. then you can work backwards from there. That's fine. Yeah. This is and the best actually- casting of goblins in history of video games. I will tell you what, so You're good. Happy that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no. Gob- the goblin
1: camp was uh, initially that was an intense period because we had to not only establish what goblins sounded like in this world, but there were also just so many, and what just such a small area. It's a really distinct vo- vocal tone. And so finding the right people who could actually have that, that the right level of aggressive <laughs> without becoming comedic was hard. But once we found it, it was a lovely groove. I think one of the one of my favourite ones was Penelope Rawlins. We got in to play a couple a uh, couple of goblins, and she normally does like kids' TV and animation. She's done loads of games, but this was uh, I think uh, the first time I made her. She said I made her terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, it feels- I feel so powerful. Because usually she plays like these lovely light hearted springy characters and then we had to like sharpening a spear and like spitting venom and that kind of like ire to her. And oh, that was great fun. Because I knew she could do it. She had
0: the vocal range for it. Just getting her into that place to get that cruelty to come out. So glad that worked out. Well, not just the goblins. I think you guys, this is one of the greatest casting I've ever seen. I mean, just everyone nails it. I don't know how you guys did it. I'm in awe.
2: We're just
1: so good at our jobs. <laughs> or, I mean, the advantage to working on like an awful lot of other projects, sort of at the same time, is you start collecting what we would call Gustav people because the code name was Gustav so internally, at least. Well, yeah, BG3 people as we went. So if you work with someone who works on something, I'm like, oh, but. <laughs> I've got a th- I'm have got. i going to keep you in mind because I think I've got a thing coming up in a little while. How do you fancy being in Lycra? Um, and then you can sort of find the people who you know would fit in the world as you go. Uh, also extensive, extensive casting. Because once we knew what the style needed to be, it was a case of finding people who fit in that mould. And so once you've got your world established, it's a case of just finding the pieces to go in it.
2: Yeah. It and I think obviously the writing is the writing in the game should go down in history Mm. Um, and I think you know that helped us so much because obviously like I said you get your biography but then also if you just look at the lines of the character if the biography doesn't cover it you look at them and you're like oh this kid's oh this kid's just really lonely Mm. oh you know whatever it is that's going on with that character um and then you know we
1: it's safe to say that I think everyone that we spoke to from Larry's side Really cared. Mm. And it, it just, I don't I, that sounds really glib to say, but I mean, every single aspect, everyone was really dedicated to. So every NPC had like a like a four, five, seven, sometimes even if like they've got four lines, but there's a full bio for this person because they've created them. And mm. then that's it's just, oh, oh. justification to that by having a fantastic performance rather than go over there, there's your trapdoor. You know, it's so yeah, that's mm. trying to li- bring that same level of care into what we did. What's sort yeah. of the goal?
2: And you know, you do, you do do games where um, things feel a bit generic. Sometimes you're like, you know, generic soldier number four does generic thing number three, and you're kind of like, why?
0: <laughs> but I think Larry and Ev spoiled you there a little bit, haven't they? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. So you know, when you get that material, you want to, you want to do something with it because it's inspiring. Mm. Um.
1: I mean, what it also does though is that on other things that we work on, is then that's the kind of performances that we got for this is now our, at least my mental benchmark. Like, cool, now let's apply this to everything else that we do. Although sometimes it does make me sad when you see characters who aren't fully mo capped now. Because it's just so cool when you actually get that physicality tied in with the voice. But mm. it takes an awful lot of work to do that, and you can't do that for every game. So, well, yeah. can you? I pissed off we can <laughs> <laughs> I feel very
0: uncomfortable.
2: Oh, it's fine. <laughs> That's gonna be on the edit. I forgot.
0: Yeah, the cut. yeah, yeah. by the way, uh, Beth, I love your TikTok with all the little oh, behind yeah. the scenes and funny videos. And I saw you was that your son that you got in the in the mocap stage?
2: No, I have no relation to no. that person whatsoever. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yeah. so my son like it was a little one line character and the bio was like small boy um yeah who won't be let into the city and we had a quiet afternoon hmm. so
1: our mocap techs had to work out how to scale down a mocap suit so like <laughs> I, I find black those and then work out where to put the minimum number of markers on him
2: but yeah the little like we call it power ranger which is you know like the um avatar essentially of yeah. what the data gets put onto was like so shrunken uh, but Really wide as well. It was it was so cute. Yeah, we had them. But thank you. I'm glad you're appreci- appreciating my TikToks. I saw that you followed me.
0: Just Beth Park, right? For anyone that wants to follow,
2: um, it's Beth Park director.
0: Oh, it's fancy.
2: <laughs> oh, oh. Thing
1: is, her other one.
2: Yeah, it's not Beth Park homemaker and. Um. <laughs> um yeah, no, I just talk about I just talk about like some of the casting and um you know, if I ever get to see any of the actors I persuade them to come on the camera.
0: Bullies them. <laughs> Bully them Bullies to come them. on the camera. Josh, um so your first game, when was that? Was that Divinity Original Sin One? That was your first ever oh, Well, technically
1: second, but the first one was so tiny that no one ever played it, so that's fine. But yeah, so my first game was yeah, Dust One.
0: Yeah. So compare you then to now, how have you developed over the last 10 or so years? I look back on some of the things I've done. Well, I've got longer hair and more children. (laughs) Um, But
1: yeah, throughout the course of this, as a director, I've grown massively. Because prior to that, it was just a purely voice background, where you can rely more heavily on technical notes, as it were, just to get an awful lot of stuff done, saying, well, okay." Gives us your best American accent, and then we're going to pitch it down from here, hit that word, stress that, and there, that's meaning. Cool, we can move on. But by doing this, it relies so much on physicality that you have to adopt new language. You have to speak from a more like theatrical background in order to get the performance with the nuance and the reality that you need. So learning from the lovely team of directors that we have here, Beth included, on different ways of approaching the same thing. So as a director, I feel like I've grown in... Strength massively over the last ten years.
2: I think it must have always been there within you, to be fair. Because if I saw on paper like, oh this guy was an engineer and now he's like the lead director, what? I would be like, surely he's not good, but actually you're you're
3: brilliant. <laughs> Mum. Yeah. <don't.
2: laughs> no, but it must it must, it was in there.
1: Well, it's like I did my dissertation well, dissertation for my university degree. I did an audio degree. But uh whereas everyone else recorded an album, I recorded a radio play. Um because oh. uh, Big fan of Radio Four growing up, which is because I was cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did an album in a found a local theatre, um, uh, theatre creator and writer, and then she and I worked together to create
0: uh, yeah radio players. That was my final hand in. So, but do you think right. 20, 2014 or whenever it was twenty fourteen, Josh could do what he did on Boulder Gate three? Oh,
1: No, that guy was an idiot. I <laughs> wouldn't pay attention to him at all. Actually, int- what was fun was actually, I was having a chat with Emma Gregory, who was, in- I mean, Zara. Zara. Yeah. yeah. but we worked together first on DOS 1, and then brought her back for DOS 2, and now put her back for all because the- she's just a- an amazing talent, she had to audition for, it wasn't like nepotism or favouritism, she's had to audition for all these roles, but she's just fantastic, we were just having this conversation the other night about mm.
2: Funnily enough, me and her worked together as actors on my first ever job out of drama school, and she played my mum. Yeah, it's really funny. I'm going to do a TikTok about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was just seeing those people who've sort of seen how we've grown and changed over the years as well. So, because this was her first mocap job. So, yeah, and so she, and she, God, she bit into it. She was passionate. She wanted to know everything about it. So good. And so, yeah, from going from zero to 100 in terms of mocap for her, which was delightful to see.
0: So, chances are Boulder Gate 4, if that ever happens, she might get a a look in. (laughs) The track record's looking good for her at the moment. And nothing. (laughs) Lucky Penny. (laughs) Beth, I guess the same question for you. How have you developed over the last four or five years on this project? Um,
2: yeah, I mean I've got so arrogant doing this. <laughs> I'm so cocky now. <laughs>
0: Josh has gotta pull you in line, does he?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't even know how.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I feel like um, when I was an actor, I was I was fine. I was fine as an actor, but I always loved like the rehearsal process like the scripts but then when it actually got to actually shooting something or being in a play or whatever I'd be like oh okay oh, I'm over I'm over it now I just like the like the making of it bit and now that just makes so, so much sense <laughs> um so yeah that was already there that was the bit I kind of had for free as that kind of just like ravenous for stories um that was weird um but now yeah I guess I'm just confident in what I can do. I think I could already I could already do it to a certain degree, but I guess I would just kind of question myself or you know as I said I didn't even replay really games um so there's just like a level of knowledge I guess I've learned yeah but I,
0: I I'd, I'd love to hear your guys take on AI in voice acting because that's a big topic at the moment in the yeah. industry and what's your opinion if you can I, it's not there yet. Which is
1: the first one. It's not. It's not there yet. I don't think it will ever replace a real person on the grounds. There's so much nuance. Like, like the audience. Audience. It's it. You. It's just never going to happen. In terms of like you know, if you want like a really like gorgeous in depth cinematic experience. But will people attempt it? Oh. Um,
2: I think yeah. I think they will. I mean, ultimately corporations want to make money um and that's that's just all it comes down to if they can do something cheaper they will but i think Baldur's gate 3 is an amazing example of like people were pouring out their heart and soul in there they were mm. um
1: left it all on the field they yeah.
2: really truly did and we were like capturing it and bottling it and delivering it and you know, a computer can a, a computer could mimic that, but I think the audience won't get the same response because they will know it's not real. Mm. The computer never felt anything, um, and the actors in Baldur's Gate three, you know, the the response to the cast, you know, the way people are invested in the people, the cast behind the voices as well. I think is a huge selling point to the game, like you know people love the origin characters and a lot of their favorite npcs and obviously they're not going to be like oh i love ai voice bot 7000 <laughs> i bought the game them i mean
1: there will be a certain subsection of the player market who will be but that's a different Possibly. thing yeah
2: but yeah i just i mean Obviously, they're going to try and they're going to try and do it mm. to, to spend less money. And I think for you know tiny indie studios who are just doing like little bits of voice here and there, obviously I would encourage them to get real actors because you're going to get a better result. But if they have zero budget, like maybe that is maybe that is where it could get used. But for a big studio making a big game, the audience would expect better. I imagine mm.
0: for triple A or quadruple A, which is now the new benchmark standard. Yeah. Yeah. It is now what, what you guys have done with this game. It's like quadruple. <laughs> now. Now it's a new benchmark. The yeah, Larian set the bar. We had
1: to meet it That's, <laughs> with everything that, that went into it.
0: How, how proud are you guys seeing Neil and, and some of the guys getting this award recognition and, and the game going up for game of the year and probably winning? I would put my money on it. Uh, how does that feel for you guys being involved with a game that has that much recognition across the industry?
1: It's sort of surreal, especially
0: because I know from us, we did it for just so
1: long. This has been like our day to day in some way, even no matter what, like for most years, well, over the last five years, most days have been in some way involved in Baldur's Game. Just something's going to a conversation. And now it's, was it, I can't remember who it was, but someone from Larynx described it as after you've broken up with someone and then they've gone off, and there was someone else who loves them. <laughs> a, yeah, it's a weird sort of... Thing. It is delightful, and especially seeing that all our cast getting the success and recognition that they deserve, because, yeah, they put in so much work in this. Yeah. And just seeing that appreciated by a, a vast audience, a vaster audience than, I must admit, when it came out on PS5, the numbers there were insane, because I was thinking, you know, PC, pretty solid for an RPG. But, yeah.
2: I Yeah, I mean, I was... I. I had no idea it was going to be this big. I honestly thought like, yeah, it will come out. Some people will play it, but essentially there won't be much conversation around it. It will just Mm. be, yeah, another game that came out this year. Mm. And uh, yes, obviously, we're just so proud to be involved in. And obviously something that's so commended for, you know, something that we were so deeply involved in, the story and the performances. I mean, wow, that's pretty cool.
1: Also weirdly like zeitgeisty at the moment as well, which is very strange. It's when you get mentioned on South Park. It's like, okay, we are definitely in that point now. Yeah. yeah. Hitting
0: mainstream. But...
1: <laughs> Never, man. We, we won't sell <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> so how many people actually work at Pit Stop Guys? Um
1: down here, we've got a team of freelance and full-time of 35. Up north, where our head offices are, where we've got our um, sound design. Uh, project management, um, and um, animation, and composition departments. I think there's like another hundred or so. We're not a big company. That's yeah.
2: Yeah, but those are definitely the kind of unseen heroes um, in terms of oh, older's game. Audio post
1: production, gee like, sweet Jesus alone. Yeah. Post
2: production, yes, because mm. the like the quantity of material that they were having to on the factory floor <laughs> process, um, but also in pre-production with you know. Just logistically making this happen. Mm. I mean, you know, we had so many studios full all day, every day, for months and months and months and months on end. So just logistically making that happen, um, the production side, um, like the production side of the casting, is absolutely huge. So yeah, those are truly the unseen heroes that deserve all the all the accolades,
1: or the large amount of swearing, swearing and alcohol that it took to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're balancing freelancer schedules between actors and directors and then also like edit teams as well and in, to hit mm. like various deadlines and like benchmarks as time has gone on. Mm. But yeah, so it's herding cats in the most aggressive form, but
0: they managed it. Talk to me about Carlax, Samantha Bayard. What a performance that was.
2: So good. So Incredible. Good. We love Sam
0: yeah i mean you're not
1: supposed to have favorites but sometimes you do and the work that sam did on this project <laughs> has been delightful i was saying when um they came in for their initial casting they turned up in an in t-shirt and a pair of new rocks and just walking into the studio sort of got a sense I, f- I feel we're onto a good one here yeah. yeah that's the right kind of energy that we we need and yeah then,
2: when they left we just kind of looked at each other and we were like that felt
1: right that felt, that <laughs> felt right Strength, but kindness, which yeah. is like, obviously, um Carlisle is a really powerful, strong role, which could easily move into brutish and a bit gruff. But then Sam brought to it uh, the sensitivity and like that labrador kind of energy and just vibrance and love for life. Mm. So it was a really nuanced role and they did it fantastically. They got every single colour out of that part. Yeah. Brilliant, Yeah, brilliant.
0: brilliant. I'm, I'm curious for you guys, were there certain actors that you would have more time with over the last four years? Were there some that you would end up being with more than others or was it?
1: Some, yes. Sometimes we played favourites and requested if someone was coming
0: back if you happened to like a role or something like that. Oh, so. you,
2: oh, you mean like us personally as individuals. Well, because I know
0: Neil mentions Josh a lot, you know, so well, I'm guessing you worked with him quite a fair bit. As much as
1: I could, as yeah. it were.
0: We, okay. we, we sort
1: of understood astarian straight off the bat we had like a a big conversation like at the very and the nascent stages very early on about who this was and how like his just like fundamental outward personality would be which got really tricky at some points but i'm not sure that was ever approved but think we went (laughs) this is kind of the approach and Mm -hmm. yeah and since then we've just uh, every time that diaries have aligned. Had great fun, so we're just jumping back into the booth together on it.
2: Yeah, I think he's also just super grateful to you for casting him in the first place. and one of the easiest castings known to man, I
0: have to
1: say. (laughs) If you spend five minutes talking to Neil, you go, Yeah, okay, that's (laughs) it. What about you, Beth? Uh,
2: I mean, you know, it was a long time four years. I know. There was a a lot, there was a lot, there was a lot of times with a lot of them. I I did spend a lot of time on Shadowheart, Mm. I will say. Um, Wow. time on Gale, yeah I mean I did, I did, I don't know if I could claim the majority but it feels like the majority on Shadowheart and mm. quite a lot on Gale, um, but in terms of like people we spend more time or less time with, we probably spent the least time out of the origins with Devra on Lazelle because she was just so quick. Like, she recorded her lines and, so much faster than anyone and else. And wore
1: it as a badge of honour as well. Yes, but that to is. her
2: detriment, because if you go slower, you get booked more and you get paid
1: more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm the fastest one. She's she's so lazy. She,
1: she does like to be told that she's the fastest and the best one. Yes. that is. She's actually made a plaque for one of our studios we need to put up one day. It's like a, a wee bronze plaque to go into her studio, as it? Yeah. <laughs> so one she day told we'll me, yeah. That. Yeah, and I was then, wondering then, if
0: it was up yet or not.
1: No, no, well, I want to try and get, like, a small <laughs> curtain. You know, there are, I know. <laughs> Neil made one for himself, which he insisted was slightly larger for a different studio. So they're not
2: no. So That's fine. But, uh, no, I mean, Debra is a machine. She hmm. had her baby and then was back within, like, weeks to record. Mm. And I'm a mum as well, as we've mentioned. And... Like I personally found the whole newborn time just completely destroyed me on every level. Um, but she was back at work with makeup on, completely functioning, and I was like, Oh my god,
1: <laughs> session with us, went home and then went into labor. Yeah. Wow. That was
2: She's a she's a true gif Yankee. Yeah. She was like, "Yeah, pop it out, and
1: carry on." We, we, we. I'd like to point out we didn't make her. We had like backup plans for like body doubling or just get her to sit down and read, and then we could like take care of it in post. But she was like, "No,
0: no, let's go." She insisted. She, she
2: just turned up at the studio. Yeah,
0: we didn't even book it. She just kept turning <laughs> up. It was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loved it that much. This is the thing. We can go uh, through all the characters, and we can well, be here for funny. five hours yeah. talking about everyone. <laughs> And this could be a very long conversation. So. <laughs> um, I, I will get to a couple of fan questions uh, here because there's some really good questions here. What was the process like for choosing the voice actors for their roles? Do the writers have any input in that process at all? Or is it completely up to you guys as the casting directors? Depends on the scope of the role. Normally, especially if
1: there's something which is really niche, I like to go to the writer to find out what's, what, what kind of voice they had in mind. Like there's a few, especially with writers that you know quite well, you can sort of like pitch them ideas so you know roughly what they had in mind, so you know what you're looking for. But then it's putting it through the lens of the performance style of this game as well, if that makes sense. Because they yeah. might suggest something which is a bit outlandish. Be like, cool, so what would be the BG3 equivalent of that? That's the kind of person I'm looking for. And then working out backwards from there. But then for bigger roles, obviously, we need to sign off on Larry and themselves. So we'd get tapes and reads and either get in-person auditions and then go back and forth and kick it around. Yeah, so, but
2: then for the smaller ones, yeah, it was pretty much... Then it was, we yeah. just went for it. There was a nice example of for Lucretius, who is the circus ringmaster. Um... So I mentioned Rachel Quirk earlier, the writer of that area. Um, She'd written in the bio. um, So the character was originally female and she'd written. I like to think of the character like a drag queen, um, you know, fabulous drag queen. I was like, why don't we actually get a real drag queen? So um, I approached or we approached one of the drag queens from um, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, Vinegar Strokes, um, and got an audition. It was a great audition. And so, you know, that I had a nice little part in kind of forming that character um, just because I was inspired by her suggestion.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's yes. cool. Thank you guys so much. The Every role is beautifully cast. Are you able to tell me who the performer was for Leah? Because the role isn't listed in the credits. I really wanted to celebrate her. Amazing performance! Do you guys know?
2: Yes, that's an actor called Jenny Delaney. Ah, that was right. yes, yes. Um, she's brilliant. She plays quite a few other parts, including um, oh, loads. But you know, he who was the guy with the raven who summons like a spirit. She is the spirit that he summons. Can't remember the character name. She plays a couple of kids in the city, but yeah, she's she also mostly played Leah, and she did awesome. She's also the sister-in-law of one of the tab voices. So, you know, everyone's connected. Yeah,
0: But I know you mentioned, like, you got a few actors to do multiple um, characters, but it seems for the most part that, you know, compared to other games, some actors will do, like, 20, 30 voices in some of these RPGs, but it never went that far for this game.
1: did a bit. It's a very big game. And it's, it's just a case of okay. being very careful about where you use people because everything's located into different maps. So if you can, you then start having the conversation of cool. So if you're being a Yankee here, you could also be a halfling <laughs> in the same map because they're not in the same conversation, but then they could appear again in the goblin camp and then further when we actually get to the lower city. And right. it's a case of making, maximizing the material you have in the time um, with the time and the people that you've got. But, yeah yeah it's it's a, it comes back down to logistics
2: yeah the, yeah like i was saying earlier about when's that actor coming in and also yeah where is that character
1: what have they done before what can we use them for what do we know they're good at and then work backwards from there
2: and yep. making sure that we speak to our directors and say look we they have got two characters in the same building can you please make sure those two characters sound completely different it was our <laughs> only option
1: <laughs> head voice chest, yeah. chest please just
2: uh, but you know, ov- you know, so that was kind of yeah, all about communication and making our directors being really diligent. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's a few occasions where you'll recognise a voice, um, but yeah,
0: I didn't recognise also- any. That didn't happen really? once, no. Nah
2: i mean no there's 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 some actors who are just so good at all these different voices and because they're so good every time they come in you give them another small part Mm. and then that character would need pickups so then you give them another (laughs) small part and then that character need pickups and another one and it just snowballs so you end up with i can't remember
1: who held the course record in there but at some point it had like 32 roles or something was it um some people did have like 30 roles but they were just so spread apart whoever that was kudos the only time I felt that it might have been a bit obvious was Dario Coates. Because I very early on realized that Dario plays being tortured very well. <laughs> I think in my, Every time it came up to a character, like, oh, they're chained to a bed. They're trapped to a windmill. Then it was like, I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> He's being tortured incredibly well. So, so poor true. Dario. We tortured him. Over and over again. (laughs) But each one was very distinct. He does it so well. He does it well.
0: And does he he just cop uh, it on the chin? Oh, we need another torture scene, mate, come in. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even touch the sides. He
1: does
0: hop
2: the studio at the end
0: of the day. Yeah. What was the most challenging part of the last four to five years, Beth and Josh? Ooh.
1: I think sometimes it's a case of, there's, like, two sides to all voice production for game. There's the actual in-the-session-doing-it bit, which is playtime. But then it's the back office logistical stuff, which is not playtime. That's very much work. And it's trying to ensure that the fun bit can happen by doing all the, uh, the grunt work in the background. And that's what our team have had to, you know, diligently bury themselves in with lots of calls and schedule bashing and emails back and forth and trying to get pipelines to meet deadlines. And it's that is sometimes that is is hard it's hard it's not worth it i'm not saying it's not worth it but it is just it's work yeah That's yeah
2: that we you know we held ourselves to a really high standard like throughout and i think yeah. you know it paid off it turned out real good um but they got to a certain point where we were getting so much material to record you know when the deadline was set in stone um, and we'd already set the bar of being like, look, this is this is how we're doing it. We're not going to throw away any, even the smallest character. It's not just like, oh, you know, whatever, that person will do it. And I don't mm. care if they don't fit the casting. We'd, we'd set the bar for ourselves. And then they got to a point where, you know, it was like, <laughs> are we going to be able to keep our heads above water here if we keep doing it to this standard? And there had to be a certain point. It's kind of similar to what we were saying earlier about, like, you... You can try too hard when you're directing, and at a certain point, if you just trust that the actor can do it, mm. then you can flow. And it was kind of the same with like the casting and everything. It was like, we have got to this point; we've got this many great actors like on our roster, essentially. If we just trust and go and keep moving forward, instead of like micro-analyzing every single little thing, when it got to that very, very, very busy period, um, then it gets to the point where you have to make quicker decisions, basically. So it was, you know, that was that was the solution, being like, great, okay, that person seems right, we'll make that decision, mm. as opposed to kind of agonizing over everything because there just simply wasn't time. And that was, like, the transition to realizing that, like, was a, was a hard few months.
1: <laughs> but in, as also in like, from the actual performance side as well, was like, well, cool, you nailed it, let's move on. Not, okay, cool, we've got that. Well, let's see what else we can do with this. It was like, no, that was a perfect take of that line, we are fine, let's move on to the next one, mm-hmm. um, yeah. As long as the actor's happy and you're happy with that, then all good. This is a tough one.
0: Favourite moment from making Baldur's Gate 3 or favourite moments? I'm not picky, apparently. (laughs) Uh, We've had, obviously, lots of, like, some of the
1: big, like, emotional stuff has been, oh, wait, A, torturous in the case of, like, especially when we had a period of doing, I had, like, a rush of Shadowheart sessions where every session was Full on, Yeah. Yeah, but Jen was dragged through every single emotional state known to man, and that was she was doing such good work, but at the same time, you'd sort of had to have a moment with yourself afterwards just like five minutes just to decompress before carrying on with your day. But in all honesty, I think one of the best things we did was when we did the pain priest with Declan Pering you know, the chap in the uh, goblin camp, the torturer who, yeah,
2: or something.
1: yeah, well. You didn't see the first version of that. You saw the second oh. version because the first version we got was the only time in the entire process where they went, Yeah, you went a bit far. Can you <laughs> pull that back? <laughs> really? That. You actually you went it. too far. You went too far. Wow, like, I'm shocked. I you know what we're Let's rein that back a little bit. I'm but, actually
0: uh, shocked.
2: I don't know. I. It's really. It is really hard to say. There wasn't a favorite moment. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like some highlights, which I feel like people might enjoy. Yeah. I was. I was there for stop licking the damn thing. I was directing Tim.
0: Wow. in that
2: Scene. Wow. And yes, obviously he went for this crazy tear. You know, I described it <laughs> so vividly. I inspired him so much um, that stop licking the damn thing. You can thank me for. Um, and also, I was there for Neil's last session. Um, and that was actually really emotional because I was like, OK, this is the last line. This is our final line. Mm. And it really was the last wow. session. Um, and he was really struggling to get through it. Like, he needed a moment because, you know, he gave it his all. Mm. Like, he gave it everything. Um. So, yeah, he did the last line and then, like had a little cry and we were all just a bit like um so that was like really beautiful moment i was really really happy to be there for that oh so many shadow heart and with her parents like that was oh, yeah. heartbreaking and amazing and so good so many amazing moments and you know you feel like you feel like you've imagined it all. You've been there on this amazing journey with these people over the years mm. and then just like watching little bits of it, um, you know, seeing it back. It's just amazing just so, you know, wow, this is like a massive big deal. This is huge.
1: One to meet Saravok was great fun. Uh, just in a bizarre way because obviously the character established from BG, you know, one and two, one especially yeah. two. And well, we had to come up with our equivalent. We the original actor wasn't available, I think. So we ended up, had to find our own. And we found um, famed voice actor of trailers, Red Pepper, to come in and do this. Now, Red is a delightful, massive giant of a human being. But also, he's a voice actor. So this was his first time doing mocap. But it was like, remember just going through the scene and going, that man is mainly in a throne throughout most of this. Okay, cool. So that takes out most of it, yeah. So we got Red in, you know, all know yeah, six foot something of him, make-up suit, and we just put him in this chair, and he dominated our studio in one fell <laughs> swoop. It was spectacular. He got the posture, he got the pose, and then he just delivered. Just the whole building the space. was vibrating. Wow.
2: Yeah, I think I was just sitting outside doing a little bit of gentle casting, and I was like holding on to my chair. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, yeah, we got these speakers
1: which are not small, and when his basso tones came through, that you could say, just just something, but and,
0: and just no audio like... effects either, right? No, no. Yeah, that's just noise.
1: just to, yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you can find someone, especially when this isn't their forte, and then just bringing another side out of them or using them in a way that they 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 don't know you have inside them. is great fun, and that's 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 playtime. That's brilliant.
0: Do you find that most voice actors transition alright to mocap?
2: Not most, I wouldn't say. No. if someone is a voice actor, it actually can be a bit detrimental because they're not they're used to actually probably just like belly up kind of engaging in like focusing their energy into a microphone, but we don't have the microphone there. We have the microphone on their head. Um, so it's actually quite a new skill. I mean, I wouldn't say that the cast is dominated by purely just voice
0: but actors,
1: is, really. Nowadays, it's very rare to find people you who are just voice, just actors, voice actors, actors. Yeah. yeah actors, things yeah. have changed so much in the last like 10 years or so. Was, yeah. So now people are actors as yeah. they should be recognized as they're actors. And they've got, yeah.
2: Yeah. But definitely it's, it's, it's a strange transition for anyone because they are surrounded by at least 20 cameras, depending which studio they're in. Um, you know, so they feel like they're very much under a microscope. Mm. As we were saying before, it can make people very tense. I'm
1: saying it's kind of like doing black box theatre because you've got nothing around you. You are in an empty void and then you have to reinvent the world
0: with you. But yeah,
2: That's when we paint our word pictures. Paint
0: our word pictures. <laughs> when you watched it back, guys, I'm guessing you, you haven't played the game or you have or what?
1: I... I'm quite bad at RPGs. <laughs> Explorer mode. I am currently on the initial ship. <laughs> I did complete character creation, so I did that. But
2: I've watched it. I've watched loads I... on YouTube, but I have. I haven't played. It. Yeah. I don't. I don't really have. Time.
1: just for, for context when we started before we started working on DOS 2 uh me and a colleague went to Larian to play like early access pre-voiced as it were and they said something in the initial island and I had to say oh what do you think of it I said oh, I died like 15 times and they laughed and then they gave me god mode just so I could actually go around <laughs> <laughs> my skill level was not
0: high enough to actually explore the game so yeah you should, oh, no, you I should tell to- them to hook you up now with god mode eh?
1: I just want to know what it sounds like. Don't let me get in the way of that.
0: But there are many, many playthroughs which is quite handy. I guess what's it like for, for you to watch back some of the scenes that you directed? Do you see the little nuances that you saw when you were directing the actors? Sometimes, yeah. And and they're,
1: they're actually the one the coolest stuff is when we get like rushes through, or the equivalent of rushes through. So like pre rendered footage and so not final graphics, but you can just yeah. you can just sort of get like it looks janky because he is not finely polished but when you can still that's been translated into in-game and it still works then you get it, it tickles you and it's delightful like that thing i was talking about with sam's um very emotional scenes and we were all in tears in the studio i watched the you know the pre-render of that and it's and it, it, it got me again the second guy yeah, yeah. That's Good, yeah mm.
2: Yeah,' I'm, I'm, I'm a filmmaker as well, so it's quite similar in sense that like when you're finishing a film and you're just waiting for you know the color grade or you're waiting for the sound mix or whatever, every time you see it, you're like, oh God, and then eventually when it all comes together, they're like, oh, that looks like a movie. Okay. So it, it's similar, you know watching the game back, we're only responsible for a narrow part of it. Mm. So then seeing everyone else's work layered in with ours, it's just amazing reward yeah. and be like, oh, my God, look at the lighting. Look at the, you know, the environment.
0: Sounds like music. It's all yeah. just, yeah.
2: It's delightful.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned you're a filmmaker. What what are you working on at the moment, Beth?
2: Um, I've got a film which is nearly finished. It's called nice. Wild, Wild Animal. It's a short film. It's, yes, um, executive produced by Oscar winning um, producers and BAFTA-winning producers, and it it stars Charlotte Riley. Um, I'll uh, I'll hook you up with a link.
0: Yeah, uh, look at please. It. That sounds well, fantastic. Down. What's it about?
2: Um, it's about a woman who um, finds an abandoned baby, um, and then the mother is stalking her.
0: Ooh. So, what genre are we talking?
2: Um, it's kind of Romantic a thriller. <laughs> thriller. <laughs> it's, it's kind of. Horror, drama vibe. Unsettling is the genre.
0: I guess you don't get to do many horror sort of games, do you? Not as many as we'd like. Yeah. We want to. We're more
1: than open for that.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I love horror, but I like my horror. I don't love just like, oh, let's chop everyone's heads off type horror. I mean, that's okay. But I I prefer more of like your psychological... Um, yeah disturbing mm.
0: like All sinister right. have you seen that film
2: no i haven't
0: oh, that's a good one you should check that mm. out yeah mm.
2: but my first film is available on youtube it's called fish wife uh, it's on it's on youtube oh. yeah it's cool. It's pretty good
0: and what are you up to in your spare time josh
1: honestly mainly woodworking it's hobby as it well I, I do this an awful lot of the time but yeah i've got Two kids, and yeah, just finished a renovation, and I, nothing really. I've, I've, lots of not working on video games is the main thing. There.
0: Relaxing. Yeah,
1: well, still as much as you can. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got films I'm making. But yeah. He
2: he made these. He made these tables. He built this studio with his bare hands. Not not,
1: not this one. Oh, the what? ones upstairs, yeah. The ones <laughs> up- <laughs> and someone else built them. The ones upstairs, I made. So yeah.
0: I guess a couple more guys. Thank you again for being so generous with your time. Um what what's one thing that you admire about each other?
2: Your hair.
1: Is it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Well, Josh is a really good boss. Um I would say oh. like it's like a really good leader in the sense of it's not really a it doesn't appear to be about your ego at any point. Oh. It's kind of about it's about the process and the people Um, and I don't think I think maybe now I like I'm in your model I would do if I was a leader in the same way I would do it how you're doing it Um, but when I first joined I would have probably been like right everyone fall in line we're gonna do it like this Um, but no I've learned a lot from Josh in that regard of like accepting people how they are what energy they're bringing instead of kind of crunching them into you know the mold that you think is has to be and i think that makes you a really good leader
1: the thing i appreciate the most about beth is um tenacity yeah. you have you stick to your guns if you're passionate about something in an amazing way No, it's it's a thing like it's very easy especially with what we do there's an awful lot of like you mentioned the grind and paperwork of it and sometimes it's very easy to just to like let things not slide, but like, oh, okay, fine. it's fire's a bit dirty, we'll just crack this through. But if I know that if you're talking about something and you are passionate and care about it, it always gives me pause. Aww. It's like, okay, maybe I should actually spend more time paying attention to this because if you care about it this much, it must be important. Aww. And therefore making sure, and then sort of stopping listening and then trying to enact as best as possible within the confines of what we do.
2: So I said, good leader, good team.
0: In darkness, it
2: in dark, your darkness,
0: <laughs> you guys are kicking ass. I love it. Do you have any? Um, would you Would you give any? Could you give us any tips as we as we wrap this one up? Tips for actors coming in and auditioning, and and what any sort of tips you can give for?
2: Um. Yes, i got. So, just I guess this is just a blanket advice on acting. So, it, if you're auditioning, if you get in the room, um just in general um it's it's two really different things it's craft which takes effort but it's also relaxation which takes letting go and then if you combine those with your imagination so you have to do the craft beforehand you have to you've worked on yourself worked on your craft and worked on your skill and then you have to completely forget about that so when you're in the room if you have an actor who is just demonstrating their craft like demonstrating how well they can talk it is not good it's dead um but if you have someone who can let go of that craft they've done all the work they prepared but then they can just be like okay goodbye don't need that right now now i'm in the room um and they can let go and they can relax and then the power triangle to imagination So that's like where we're trying to get to. Like if you can allow yourself to relax enough in order to imagine what is going on and you have the skill, you're you're going to be absolutely fine. That's that's great
0: answer.
1: I would say when it comes to especially submitting tapes and reels for auditions and companies like ours, um, what I'm looking for, a lot of people can do appropriate accents and voices, but the thing which pushes it that little bit further is a performance, though. So it sounds like you're engaged in the scene, you're in that moment when doing your best American accent, as it were, and approach every single tape, not as a demonstration, like you said, of your technical acumen of how how well I can do this voice, how well I can sound like this warrior, but more how that warrior feels in that moment, how they are experiencing the line, even if they're short, because that makes it so much more, well obviously that's the acting-y bit, but that's the, the that makes it more believable even on a tape. The, the even if they don't completely fit the brief entirely, but they've got that engagement with the role and they're in the situation where they where the line is being delivered, that is sometimes more interesting than, you know, being able to fit a brief, sometimes. And I always, I, I, every time you sort of shortlist I keep like, uh, wildcard ones where this isn't what you asked for, however definitely worth a listen. Or, mm. yeah,
0: they, so thank you but
2: for it's that yeah it's it's i was an actor i know it's it's so hard out there and mm. it's so easy to become dispirited um you know you just gotta you've gotta be in it for the right reasons and just love it when you get it but not just just try to avoid going down that spiral of self-loathing when you don't get it because one of, i i hate casting because there's so many amazing actors and there's I have to say no to 99.9% of them and there's so many good ones but me having to say no doesn't mean they should give up and not be good. We do
1: keep very very strong records now of people who have like hit our like highest caliber of these are the ones we would recommend and even if they don't get it it's like we've got your name (laughs) don't worry because we will find a use for you somewhere because I'm sure you are obviously very talented we want to work with you it's hard, it's hard.
0: Thank you for that guys I don't usually ask that but I've got two phenomenal directors on. I have to ask that question. Otherwise, you know, what Do am I doing? You want to send
1: us your tape? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm not an actor. But if you want to make me a squirrel in Baldur's Gate 4, I'm all for it. Um,
1: I am I'm like a <laughs> goblin and one pigeon. So. Nice. Yeah. Nice. In case of diving in the water's warm. You have to.
2: You know I'm a squirrel.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: The squirrel that you can kick.
0: You're my favourite squirrel in the game. Oh, thank you Thank
3: you for that, that
0: qualifier of in the game. huge. In the game. <laughs> well. It's all, yeah, no. Thank you so much, guys, for today. I really appreciate it. Last question. How has this experience changed you as a person? I think uh,
1: just in terms of, like, story time, we did DOS 2 with a team of five. We did Baldur's Gate with a team of 35. Personally, for me, learning how to work with a team of 35 has made me mature as a person and grow in, I think, the right direction. And so that, I think, yeah, has been the, the main fundamental change. Oh, that's a
0: big difference. Yeah. That's You're telling me. That's <laughs> now. Everyone's got a bloody queue.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean I guess it's it's made me value the things about me which uh have made me good at this particular job, you know, like uh that that level of like relaxation and fun which can bring the best out of people that um you know, holding on to inspiration when you read a script um instead of being like let's just record these words as a, as written. Um so, you know, valuing and trusting the strengths I, mean, that's such a, I feel like I'm in a job interview like, with that answer, sorry. No, um, right? but yeah.
1: Five years, Beth, by the way. Yeah. No,
2: I mean, yeah, I, I'm confident in what I can do. Mm. And whereas before, I guess I felt I had to prove so much that it was sometimes it would get in the way because you're trying so hard to prove yourself that it's actually you're doing too much. Whereas now I'm like, I know what I can do. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. You, I'll show you, if you, you know, come to me. <laughs>
0: you guys must be looking forward to the future of what Pit Stop can do. You guys are... Phenomenal. We, we yeah, we've we've done
1: some things. We're doing more things. NDAs are wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can say. Ah, but so, ridiculous but, litigious industry. Yes, we, yes. Exciting things are planned and happening. And
0: yeah. Well, promise yeah. me you two will come back on the show sometime. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Next next
0: time you're following a game with great interest uh, that we've worked on. A <laughs>
2: oh thanks for having us yeah, it's great so to talk to you yeah.
0: pleasure guys um are you guys on social media at all me no yeah. me
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> he has a woodworking account with uh, 100 followers yeah it's
1: the worst people keep tagging my woodworking look <laughs> on instagram i just i wanted something to a place i could keep photos but that means that so many people tag me it's like who is this guy with the bench i don't yeah but no yeah. but anyway beth
2: yeah, yeah i'm on instagram beth Park underscore Park Beth and yeah I post about my films on there and just a little bit about me and a little bit about video games and then TikTok, Beth Park Director and I talk about Baldersgate a lot on there and I talk to the actors whenever I can get hold of them um, and it's all very silly but I am enjoying it.
1: Mm. I'm enjoying the development of your law.
2: The law, the mm. law. Oh my God! The actors are calling me now. They won't leave me alone.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you very much, guys. It's really been a pleasure to chat with you today. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank it's been you for having pleasure. Us.